0: Yeah, bullying works.
1: (laughs) Hi, I'm Milk, and I'm Cake. This is Nymphomercial, the podcast that reviews hentai both enthusiastically and regrettably. And you might be noticing, like, hey, 69 came out a while ago. Well, 69 was the first chapter of a longer series. And so we're doing this new format to kind of review long format hentai because there's some cool ones out there. And yeah, so this is 69 part one, point two, Electric Boogaloo. But Remember,
0: you did this to yourself.
1: Yeah, you're here listening to more stuff, but yeah, let's let's uh, get into to Momo. Yeah, you, you, you're taking over today, though, Cake.
0: Yeah, I'm taking over today. So I know if you're listening to this, you probably listened to episode 69, part one point one, and you don't need a refresher. But just in case you have goldfish memory, like I do sometimes going to give you a quick refresher of princess momo or momohime by Type.
1: but if you didn't go go listen to that give yeah. us more numbers
0: <laughs> yes please it's nice to like look at our numbers and see people like going through a bunch of the archives and listening to episodes that always makes our hearts happy so please please do
1: okay so goldfish memory
0: okay so quick recap Princess Momo is a story about this girl who lives with her grandma and grandpa in the mountains in this, like, post-apocalyptic wasteland. Her grandpa found her inside of a floating torso and yanked her out of the vagina of this floating torso and raised her up into a good little girl. And she's grown up and Oni start attacking the village and she finds out... (laughs) What?
1: Oni don't attack the village?
0: She attacks the Oni.
1: Yeah, yeah. She goes <laughs> off to the the like mechanical wasteland yeah. and turns the power on. It wakes up a sleeping Oni. That was the power supply. Yeah. Turns out her grandma is an Oni who was using her own horns to keep that Oni at bay. Now her grandma is on death's door, death's bed. The bed is a door. I don't mm-hmm. know how that euphemism works.
0: The door is a jar.
1: <laughs> yeah. Major tilt energy here. But anyways... Grandma's dying. Momo is off to seek the wizard or some bullshit. Yeah. Uh, We'll find out.
0: She's off to Onigashima. Yeah. To cure her grandma. And it's basically, if you've read or heard the story of Momotaro, it's like a horny version of that. It's kind of fun reading this with a a background in Japanese folklore. So, because it's it's pretty faithful. Because
1: the Oni is attacking is part of the original, right?
0: Yeah, which is why I have goldfish memory. I'm just like I've got my Momotaro script in my head. I'm like, okay. Child and peach. Onigashima. Next one.
1: Yeah. See, I'm here <laughs> to ground us because I've never read the original. The the like most knowledge I have is like the baby born from bamboo was the inspiration for a Pokemon, and that's like a different story anyways.
0: That's Kaguyahime. Yeah. This story has some, I should say this hentai has a little bit of flavor from Kaguya Hime too. Um, and I'm curious to see how that progresses as well. I do want to say just some tags and trigger warnings for this one. Um, there is going to be some discussion of rape. Um, so just as a heads up, there's also some degradation and some very blatant sexism in here. Um, So just as a heads up, our other tags are ahegao, cream pie, uh, sex addiction, sex toys, masturbation, and public sex.
1: Oh, and murder. We forgot to mention murder happens in some graphic ways, but we don't focus too much on that.
0: All right. Shall we get into it?
1: Yeah, we, we have a very special page between the chapters
0: yeah so this hentai has a lot of appendices it's like a horny lord of the rings um, that goes into different aspects of um parts of the story like things that they might not elaborate in the hentai itself but kind of add to the world building as an appendix would so we have a special appendix this is amazing it's a complete anatomical chart of an oni
1: Some of it is, like, cool, okay, interesting anatomy. And then other parts are, there's a spring inside of its leg, a spring muscle.
0: (laughs) And um, I feel like the most interesting takeaway from this is that in an Oni's cock, there's a second brain in the tip of the head.
1: Um, (laughs) Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah,
0: that was immediately where my eyes went.
1: I like the lightning bolt pouch in its forearm <laughs> connected yeah. to the lightning bolt nuzzle. Yeah, that's that's pretty great. Just in the left arm. The right arm is heat.
0: Mm-hmm. The heat bolts connected to the heat pouch. The heat <laughs> bolt pouch is connected to the Oni skin. <laughs> Another important thing to note about Oni, and they kind of touched on this in the first chapter, and we're going to get into a little bit more, is that Oni's horns are a big source of power and that's also partially how Princess Momo has been able to get a burst of power by using her grandma's horns since her grandma's part as well. The
1: understanding of the horns has yet to be fully identified because it seems as though there, there's actually a small horn coming from the flesh. And then what we would perceive as the horns is actually like um, a shell of the mm-hmm. horn, like to cover
0: it. Like an m and a chocolate shell housing yeah. a... a peanut inside.
1: <laughs> yeah, the 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 chocolate is the energy, the peanut is the real horn.
0: And grand reveal, this is going to be really important going forward, how to kill an Oni. So if you want to kill an Oni, because they're all but invincible, the only way to do it is to cut off its horns after draining its balls dry of infinite energy. So you gotta fuck them and then cut their horns off.
1: Of infinite energy. That mm-hmm. How do you drain infinity? Anyways, I'm I'm overthinking this.
0: All right, so let's get into chapter two. We open with Kibi and Momo walking through the wastes, and you can just see ruins of buildings and presumably abandoned human dwellings. It's been one week since they set out on their journey, and Momo's over it. She's tired from walking, and Kibi, being a cute little robot, says... Oh, well, it's actually going to take us a year if we go by foot. Like, we should probably get a car um, so that way we can hurry up and cure Granny. Because remember, Granny's only got about three months left to live. So there's a a quick timeline of which things need to be done in order to save her.
1: They need an Uber.
0: (laughs) Yes. I think it'll be too expensive to take an Uber, though. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We should mention that our, our robot little friend looks like a little burlap sack. Mm-hmm. He is from the distant past. And so Momo has no clue what a car is.
0: Yeah. So we move in to the title of our chapter, Jetta City's Brainwash Radio Wave Oni. So quick little preview of uh, what's about to go down.
1: Yeah, I do want to comment on the backgrounds here. It's it's ruins that are so like encrusted in stone, it all looks like almost natural formations. But then you see the details of windows aligned in a pattern, the outline of a, a jet plane, mm-hmm. escalators. It, it's really cool. It's not just like broken down buildings. It shows just how old these ruins are. Yeah. They've kind of become the landscape of stone. It's been
0: reclaimed.
1: Mhm. But but reclaimed by stone, which I think is yeah. um, an aesthetic we don't see too often in post-apocalyptic. It's either decrepit metal or or it's like reclaimed by like plants and stuff. I, I feel like this is a different look than is very common.
0: You know, I do feel like there's quite a few manga, like even sometimes like Dragon Ball's aesthetic or like desert punk that kind of Japanese apocalyptic like desert overtaken that kind of gives me the same vibes. Um, So maybe it's just a different flavor, uh, whereas we might picture um, more industrial kind of post-apocalypse.
1: I was gonna say, I think it's a easier one to illustrate for manga, (laughs) uh, because it's a lot of like smoother corners, less detail. But it also like really looks good in that black and white illustration style.
0: Yeah. So we see Kibi and Momo walk to the edge of a cliff and Kibi brings up a scanner.
1: Which for some reason is a lot more fancier than last time.
0: Yeah. uh, Upgrades, you know. Yeah. Maybe it was technology that Kibi stole from the underground lab where the Oni was. maybe. Enhance. And Kibi sees that below there's a human settlement and a road. So there's got to be people down there. And we find out that the human settlement down there is called Jetta City. And we see what looks like capsized boats, like ships, like maybe it was a former industrial place along the coast.
1: I like how the city name is painted on the side of the ship. Yes. But like very cleanly. <laughs>
0: And we see a jet that has crashed through what looks like a broadcast tower. It reminds me a lot of Tokyo Tower, actually. We start to see some of the hustle and bustle of life in Jetta City. Things look a little hard, as life in a post-apocalyptic setting would be. We see people going to the shops, getting clean water. Um, We see some guys smoking, playing chess, and watching TV. And Momo is in awe because... She's never seen this many people before.
1: She's never seen other people besides her grandparents, really. Mm-hmm. Also, some of the staging design here is really cool. Like we we see that clean water booth, but yeah. it's like through the whole of the side of a ship. But the upper layer of the ship is also visible and it's like a little restaurant there. It's it's very well cleverly designed as well as like puts a lot of feeling in such a very small panel of the page.
0: Yes. Oh, you know what this reminds me of? Um, thinking about like desert post-apocalyptic settings uh coming out of Japanese manga? Battle Angel Alita. Battle Angel oh. Alita has a very similar desert setting except for when you get up to like where the actual city in the sky is. So
1: I haven't seen it.
0: Read it's it. really good. Um, the manga's really good. I enjoyed the Hollywood adaptation of it, even if Alita was Kind of scary looking.
1: (laughs) I hear a lot of people actually did enjoy that movie. It's good. Um,
0: It felt very faithful to the manga. One of those rare Hollywood films that capture the spirit of it. Same with, I feel the same way about the Speed Racer film too. I felt like that movie is really good and does not get enough credit. But anyways.
1: I'm going to have to learn about that real soon for an upcoming project. (gasps) Keep keep your eyes tuned.
0: If you need help, come to me because I like Speed Racer a lot. Okay, so the other thing to note about the city is that they have running power, which is also something that Momo's not super familiar with, too. And what's even more amazing is that they've got TV, Pinnacle of Humanity, television.
1: Yeah, 1080p.
0: (laughs) So Momo is walking through Jeddah City and being a very beautiful, voluptuous woman. People take notice.
1: Almost naked?
0: Yeah, she's almost naked. She's wearing, like, it reminds me of, like, Hakama if you hiked them up really high.
1: Yeah, she's just wearing, like, a cloth in front, a cloth in back, tied around the waist.
0: No underwear either.
1: Yeah, no underwear either. So, a little bit of wind shows full full ass.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And anything else you could imagine.
0: Exactly. So she walks to, like, the edge of, like, a railing, stair railing, and she sees something going on, a commotion. And what do we see? We see two guys. Three. Sorry, there's three. Yeah. But two of them, this is important to note to paint the scene, there's a group of guys having sex with this woman. Two of them are spit-roasting her. And can I share some information that I learned recently? Oh, yeah. Um, Because we had talked about this in a previous episode. We had talked about Eiffel Towers. Do you remember what an Eiffel Tower is?
1: Yeah, you know, like uh, front to back and like holding hands and stuff.
0: Yeah, or kissing on the mouth. Yeah. So I wanted to know what the distinction is between an Eiffel Tower and a spit roast. Mm -hmm. What do you think the distinction is?
1: Um, I I don't know. Honey glaze?
0: (laughs) Yes. So... The distinction between an Eiffel Tower and a spit roast, are basically the same, other than, like you said, Eiffel Tower, the point is you're holding hands or kissing mm-hmm. on the mouth and making a triangular formation over the partners who's in the middle. Spit roast is very much a position where you don't have any contact with the other person on the other side having sex with the person in the middle. You just focus your hands on the person who's in the middle.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this third dude is just like hugging her from underneath.
0: (laughs) Like, Um, why?
1: (laughs) And like, and he's having sex with her vaginally where where the spit roast (laughs) is happening anally. Yeah. I feel like this is like your appetizer, you know, of a spit roast. (laughs) Also being cooked at the same time, but it'll be done sooner.
0: I'm just going to say too, like, if you're going in for a spit roast, like you're already achieving some sort of form of intimacy with, Everybody involved, just hold hands and kiss on the mouth. Like, it's fine. It's okay.
1: Yeah, I don't think there is much intimacy involved oh, in yeah. this situation. Oh, yeah, no, here, <laughs> here,
0: absolutely not. There is no intimacy involved in this situation. Um, our poor woman in the middle is just getting assaulted. Um, and she's eventually cast aside after she's been came in, And you can tell that she's out of breath. She wants to be like done. She's like no more um, and kind of want to set the scene in that she has light colored hair with black tips and they almost look like floppy dog ears. And she's also got on a dog collar with some chain links. So very canine appearance.
1: Yeah. And her physical body, she, she's a little bit more slim and petite compared to Momo.
0: Yeah. So she's like, please, no more. And these guys will not fucking relent. And they scoop her up and they say, you know, the only way that women are useful in the sediment is to be fuck toys, which she has some qualms with because she tells us that, hey, I'm a mechanic. This isn't what my job is. And Momo, being an absolute Chad, busts in. And says, hey, like, let me join in. You know, there's not a lot of people or I guess I should say there's not a lot of beasts around for her to fuck. So she's getting bored.
1: Because in the last issue, she got bored, but like in a different way. She had sex (laughs) with a giant boar man.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, she's just clueless. She's just like, nope, this girl's getting assaulted. I want some of that.
0: (laughs) I think she's being I think it's coming from more of a. I'm going to help her more so than a being completely clueless sort of situation. Because I think Momo's a little bit more savvy. I
1: don't know. Look at those eyes.
0: I think she's more savvy than she lets on. You'll have to let me know as we read further what you think. But, um, of course, the gang of dudes take notice of Momo's voluptuous chest as her skirt blows in the breeze. Bare pussy. And they're like, hell yeah. They like her attitude. We even get, like, the old, like, 70s, like, gag manga, like, Lupin moment of the dude, like, fucking jumping in the air. And he's going to pounce on her and be like, Fujiko! But we see that Momo drains these dudes dry instantly.
1: Yeah, a panel later, they are (laughs) mummified.
0: Yeah. And she's like, what? Already? you got to be kidding me. And our blonde dog girl is just in awe of her. And she's like, oh, my gosh, who are you? momo she's like i'm momo and another group of guys comes and they're like oh we haven't seen her before she's a babe let's have some fun and momo is down to clown because she wasn't satisfied before so again next panel she fucks all these dudes and drains them dry
1: the choreography of this last panel where she is like Feet pointed inward, standing, spreading her ass cheeks so her like pussy's just there, and the guy has just pulled out and like shot his cum back onto all the other like mummified dudes, and it's using like foreshortening to to mm-hmm. show the expression of just pure ejaculate weakness. It's it's very well done.
0: There's a really good gag here too with the kanji. So usually like if there's like a dead silence, the onomatopoeia is she, she is also the word for death. So they use the kanji for death and using it in place of the onomatopoeia for like silence. So it's like they're dead silent. It's really good.
1: At at points with comedies in in manga, it's hard to tell like, oh, is this like a joke and playing like dead as though like tired and just being exaggerate or not i think these people are dead
0: (laughs) i think they're fucking dead too especially given the reaction of some people later so fucking fomo sees another group of guys that have been on looking this whole situation she's like hey y'all want to have some fun too and she starts running towards them and they turn tail super quickly and are just like shuffling away from her and we get a really cute pout from her puff cheeks like what the hecky lame
1: i do want to comment we we've seen like dozens of men at this point and um varying in detail from the people in front to the back but they are very different looking you know yeah. for for just being like background npc kind of characters uh there's a wide range of looks to these people while still feeling like they're from the same city of like aesthetic So it's it's made by a very talented artist. You can tell who has practice at not having same same face syndrome kind of thing.
0: Yeah, everything is super cohesive. So Kibi reminds Momo like, hey, you remember why we're here, right? And that's they're looking for a car. So that way they can hurry up and save Granny. So Momo hears and excuse me. And she turns to see. Our dog girl prostrating herself in front of Momo, saying that she's begging her, take me on as your apprentice.
1: What I like is her shirt's like loose enough that you can see down her shirt Mm -hmm. and see her little nipples. Just a nice touch of physics.
0: I like that she has, um, she's probably blonde because she's got real fair eyebrows and her eyelashes are white as well, too. In fact, I'm pretty sure she is blonde, um, if I remember on the cover.
1: I'm looking at it now the the cover page is colored and she's blonde and the, and the tips are kind of like a deep brown color. Yeah. While Momo has black hair mm-hmm. and red eyes.
0: Our dog girl says, like, please, I really want to be your apprentice. And Momo's like, I don't know anything about that. I came here just looking for a car. And our dog girl says, oh, leave it to me. I got this. So our dog girl introduces herself as Inu Sagatsukasa and that she works as a mechanic or she used to in the town. And she's trying to say, like, hey, if it's all right with you, can you please call me by my last name, which is Sagatsukasa. She doesn't want to be called Inu. But of course, Momo just steamrolls through and is like, nice to meet you, Inu. And Inu just is so submissive that she's like, yeah, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) This is fine. Very much a dog move.
1: And Inu, that's like...
0: It's dog. Literally dog. Oh, it is just literally dog. <laughs> yeah.
1: What about the, yeah. the last name?
0: Um, her last name? Sagatsukasa. It sounds like a more common last name. I'm not sure what kanji would be used. let's track. Yeah, I don't think there's anything particular meant by her last name. Sagatsukasa. Not that I know of, at least. Okay. So Inu decides to take Momo to wear her workshop is and she said prefaces it with you know it's been a while since they've been here before and two months ago she tried to build a car to leave the village um she basically made it an all-terrain vehicle so that way they could that way she could get out of there she said the vehicle's almost done it just needs a few repairs and then they can leave So they go to her mechanic shop and walk inside. And what do they see? They see basically a couple groups of people fucking while watching TV. (laughs) Some squatters. Sexual squatters.
1: Still three men per woman.
0: Yeah. I'm wondering if in this setting, maybe like there's less women kind of thing or if it's power play. Like, I don't I don't know.
1: Maybe these women are demanding. They're like, we need every hole. Taken care of at once.
0: (sighs) Which, like,
1: you know, power move. Yes. Get your needs fulfilled.
0: So, Inu's pissed, and she's like, What the fuck are you doing in my workshop? Where the fuck's my car? Because it's clearly gone. And before she can even beat the shit out of these dudes, they grab her and start spit roasting her again. And they're wondering who she is, and they're like, oh, she's probably an actress, implying that she's a porn actress. We'll get into this in a second.
1: Because of the collar, specifically.
0: Yeah. So Momo just kind of pauses, and then we move to another panel, and it's very clear that Momo fucked them dry. Again, they're mummified.
1: She's patting her hands as though, like, she beat them up, but the <laughs> mummification does imply she had sex with them.
0: <laughs> and she's like, man, these guys are gross. I'm starting to get annoyed because it's constant. Just these groups of sex-crazed dudes. And Inu says it didn't used to be like this. And that it used to be a really nice place in this town where everybody got along and worked together. We see her looking at a picture of her with presumably her guardians. Two dads.
1: Back when she was a
0: pup. Mm-hmm. She's a little pup. She says, but it all changed when the Fire Nation attacked. I'm just kidding. It all changed when he arrived. And points Mo's attention to the TV. And we see a variety show and we see the subtitle on it. It says, can women, and I think the implication is, can women draw? And our <laughs> host asks our, our girl, Mochi, to show her drawing. And she drew a boar and she turns her drawing around. And it's, it looks like not good.
1: It looks like a piano with flowers on top.
0: Yeah, I was going to say it looks like a, a kindergarten drawing, but that's kind of mean to kindergartners. They're still learning foundational art skills, so I'm not yeah. going to donk on children. <laughs> but uh, it's fucking terrible. So just like a normal gag in any sort of variety show, you know, it's fucking terrible. And then he starts fucking her and says that sex really is the only thing that women are good for.
1: And the girl on on television is fully going along with this smiling away Mm-hmm. little hearts around to, you know, uh, fuel the propaganda.
0: <laughs> yes. So Momo is like, why the heck is this? She does not look amused. She actually looks quite pissed. And Inu tells her that every channel is the same. Flips the channel and it's a cooking show. And the girl's getting railed and they're berating her for her yakisoba tasting like shit. Flip the channel again and it's like some sort of sex battle game and it's this girl named Couting versus a hundred guys and she's just fucking all of them um, and of course propaganda being like this is the only thing that women are good for is for sex
1: uh, it's like so far that even women are good at cooking <laughs> like as a <laughs> terrible stereotype that's been yeah. like established in the past not even that
0: <laughs> right. yeah. they're
1: going full, full for just sex
0: And then to add on more propaganda, we flip to the news station. And next in the news, a manhole said to have been partly constructed by a woman has exploded.
1: The the fact that it's a manhole constructed by a a woman. Uh, For a moment, when you started that sentence, I thought they were calling a woman just a manhole.
0: I mean, it would not be out of the realm of possibility for this society. Kibi comments that this is just brainwashing. And, and he says, yeah. And the motherfucker behind it all is a man called the producer, who ten years ago moved into the radio tower, which we had seen before. It's the Tokyo Tower looking building with the jet plane crash to it. We get an establishing shot of that.
1: And we've seen this at a few angles now, which is yeah. pretty impressive because it's a lot of like geometry.
0: <laughs> well, and like we talked about in um last episode with Lemon Font, like drawing machines is hard. <laughs> yeah. So we see a guard burst into the room and saying, producer, we got some trouble while the producer is filming a girl sucking his cock. Or rather, I should say he's forcing her onto his cock and face-fucking her.
1: Did we mention this started about 10 years ago? So like a long enough time to impactfully change like a society.
0: Yeah. So see the producer and... He says, like, you know, oh, it's fine. Like, don't worry about interrupting me. Uh, What do you want to share with me? And he says, like, you know, have a seat. Pick a girl. You know, let's let's talk it out. So these guys are sitting here doing various sexual acts with these women as they talk. So producers getting his dick sucked and our guard is railing a girl from behind and they're just having a casual conversation like no big deal. So find out that an actress escaped in the morning and that the guys who went after her all got beaten up. And that it doesn't seem like it was just her. She got some help from a really strong outsider, a newcomer, to the town. So the producer thinks that it sounds interesting and he wants to know where they are. And the guard has information that they're in the workshop that the actress used to own. So they know who Inu is. So... The workshop is the place that houses the car. Producer knows about that as well. And as the guard gets ready to explain some more, we see the producer's head transform into a giant Oni head as his neck stretches, and he bites off the top half of that guard while he is still fucking the girl from behind.
1: By the look of the girl, I think she just came at the same time. Which, like, what a power move to orgasm while a man's dying.
0: Yeah, yeah. So she finally notices that this dude's dead because his arm drops to the ground and she screams and we get one of those uh, establishing shots that like pan out to the tower and you can hear her scream. And her producer starts eating the rest of the guard saying like, if something's this important, you got to tell me right away.
1: Yeah. Talking to him as he's like just dead <laughs> and no, I mean, on this arm.
0: And we see him look over towards something that's covered with a tarp. And he says, if people knew that something this incredible was built by a woman, they'd realize that the women are smarter than we give them credit for. And that all his programs that he makes are propaganda. And you can tell it's the car underneath the tarp that Inu built.
1: And at this point, it looks like he's also killed the girls in the room, too. So he's just talking to himself and clearing witnesses.
0: Yep. So we see an alarm going off, and very quickly he does the little swipe across his face, transforms back to his human disguise, and answers the security monitor. Another guard says that there's an intruder. Someone is invading the studios one by one, and we see him turn his attention to whoever's invading the studio. (laughs) Only to be drained and mummified. By Momo, drained and mummified by a hand job, nonetheless. With,
1: where her other hand is, I think she's giving him a little bit of prostate stimulation too. Yeah,
0: some prostate milking. And
1: she looks so focused, like annoyed also.
0: Yeah, you gotta be focused when you're prostate milking. And we see Inu in the background looking on her phone very clearly uh, using Kibi to help her track the signal for the car. And they find out that it's right above them. So like, okay, we just got to go up. Kibi warns Momo and Inu that for just a moment, they sensed an Oni. And that the producer might be an Oni. So they need to be careful. Kibi says he's going to get the secret weapon from before ready, the Dan 05. And that there's only enough of Granny's horn left for one round of a special power move. And that it's going to take a little bit of time. There's going to be a five-second delay. So not to, to be too hasty. Just kind of be patient. So that way they can go in and attack. Like, don't get yourself killed in, like, those five seconds. So Momo says, no problem. She's willing to work with those time constraints. And they bust into porn that's being filmed. But they make quick work of the guys. Momo drains them dry. And they start climbing up to the rooftop where the producer is supposed to be. And where the car presumably is.
1: I do want to just point out that Momo enters onto the roof by like slamming open the hatch there. Mm -hmm. In a very similar way to the first chapter, I, I just have a feeling as an artist myself that this is, like, one of those things the artist likes to do. Like, they like the motion idea, something about the the kinetic force of opening, like, a roof hatch of, like, those round, vaulted hatches. Sometimes artists latch onto weird little things, and I feel like this is one. Like, it's just the fact that it's its own panel. We see this yeah. slam. Just a little tell uh, that you can yeah. pick up as an artist.
0: I hate to call it, like, a fetish or a kink, but that's...
1: Yeah, you know it's not like super overdone or it's like very explored it's just like you can tell that when they have the chance they do it and it might be subconscious it might be like during the story planning they like imagine it more frequent than other types of like entrances or scene transitions i've done similar things like i've noticed in my pre-planning of like stories i do a certain motion more than others because it just kind of comes naturally to the imagination. Yeah. And everyone has their own little thing. And if you really look, you'll be able to start picking up on that.
0: tights tell or kink is hatches.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, we'll have to keep looking out for that in the subsequent chapters. So they're near the top of the tower and they realize that they got to take the elevator to head up. However, they see something leap down as Kibi begins the countdown to ready the transformation power for Momo. And we realize the person that jumped down is the producer, who is moving at superhuman speed as Momo dodges back to try and protect Inu, but the producer is too quick and swoops behind her and grabs Inu and rips her clothes off. Just as Momo begins to glow with power, so the producer shows his true color. She's got Oni face again, rips off Inu's clothes, and is holding her hostage. Momo's pissed and is ready to go beat the shit out of the producer. But he tells her, wait a minute, I think twice before you do that. Because his cock is growing bigger, and he says if he slams it inside of Inu, it's probably going to kill her and rip her apart. So Momo pauses for a minute, trying to figure out what to do. And the producer still shoves his cock inside of Inu.
1: But now that it's tiny, yeah.
0: It's small, so she's okay. He asks Momo to listen to his demands and says, turn that pretty little ass beer this way, please. So Momo complies, and we see her butt and her pussy split open because she's not wearing underwear. The producer asks her next to kneel onto the ground, and she does. She prostrates herself on the ground. So, our producer gets excited at the sight of Momo prostrating herself with her ass facing him. And he starts railing Inu. And he's getting all excited. And he comes so much so that he conflates poor Inu's belly. Um, And, of course, just like all the other guys before, casts her aside and goes full Oni, full transformation, and starts railing Momo. However... Momo's pissed, and she says, how dare you do that to Ainu? and that she's never going to forgive him. And she uses her special peach blossom origin attack to suck out all the energy of the producer and drain him dry.
1: Yeah, we see him coming from his horns.
0: (laughs) I think it's supposed to be lightning, because we'll talk about this in a second. So, just the impact of this is so forceful. That lightning just shoots up and hits the front part of the jet plane that's crashed through the radio tower. And we see Inu's car come careening out as Momo looks up and sees that the shockwaves of what happened caused something to fall. And mind you, she's conflated too, like her belly is huge.
1: But just super casual about it.
0: Yeah, she's very casual about it. And she's like, absorption is done. <laughs> um, she returns back to normal. And the car falls on top of the Oni, uh, chopping his head and his arms off as Kiwi swooses in to quickly collect the Oni's horns since he's been drained dry and they can get the horns no problem.
1: They look like those little chips. Oh, bugles? Yeah, yeah.
0: They do look like bugles. So Momo goes over to check on Inu and she's very weak. In fact, she's almost dead. And Kiwi says that there's probably a way to save her, but it kind of something that's going to come with some side effects. And we see Kibi launch a syringe out of the top of his little burlap sack head where he collects everything. He's basically like a bag of holding. So we see a syringe full of something. Do you think it's the Pfizer, the Moderna, or the J&J? <laughs> yeah,
1: um, I skipped to the next page, so I think it's something pretty intense. <laughs>
0: Yes, because the next scene we see—it's got to be the J and J—we see Inu presumably okay driving the car as it leaps over the road, and she's saying, "Let's go, let's fucking go!" And she looks crazed. She's got crazed eyes. She's just amped up. She's so got maybe it was things. steroids. Yeah. Um, And Momo is scared, whether it's of Inu, actually, or the driving remains to be seen. And Kiwi says, like, it's okay. It's just a temporary side effect due to the medicine and that she'll go back to normal. It's fine as they leap over a cliff. (laughs) Continuing on on their adventure. And so Princess Momo managed to safely obtain a car as well as a new friend. What sorts of adventures await them ahead?
1: So how does this relate to the original?
0: So in the original story... Of course, we have the baby that's found on the peach. Oni come and fuck up the village. Um, Momotaro wants to go kick the Oni's ass and get shipped back. Grandparents are like, it's too dangerous. But Momotaro cannot be convinced otherwise. So they give him this little Japanese suite called a Kibidongo, which is where Kibi's name comes from, to take on his journey and support him. They're like, OK, you're going to do this. Go ahead and go. Momotaro starts off on his journey. And the first thing that he meets on his journey is a dog. Okay. And he gives the dog a kibidongo and the dog says, where are you going? Momotara says, I'm going to Onigashima to kick some Oni ass. And the dog says, okay, I'll go with you.
1: Yeah, so we're, we're taking the story plot of Oni's attacking and separating it kind of through our journey. So instead yeah. of just Oni's attack and then journey, it's being dragged out. Yeah. So we have the Oni fighting in the first place, and then we have the Oni fighting in the second location. So I have a feeling the... Next plot point will also be interrupted with, by an Oni, which wasn't part of the original, I'm guessing. Yeah.
0: But I'm guessing that we're going to follow the same story beat in that she's probably going to make another friend. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I know who the next friend is based off of, just knowing the story. So I'm very excited.
1: So stay tuned for 69
0: 1.3. <laughs> you cannot redo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Come into a nymphomercial near you In the meantime, good luck on your erotic endeavors.
0: Make sure to eat some kiwi dongos so you can grow up big and strong. Yeah, you got to be focused when you're prostate milking.